Welcome to Chit Chat and Chai with your hosts, R.C. Mala and Ritu. Hey everyone, how's everyone doing? I'm out here in Georgia, Atlanta, and it's really hot. And I uh, was wondering, how are you guys doing? How's California? Honestly, it's been pretty hot and humid, actually. Kind of strange for California to be humid. Yes, and please send some water, too. We need rain. Oh, yes, we need rain. Yeah, I think August is hot everywhere, I think. Ladies, I've been hearing a lot on the news about domestic violence. We're talking about a very serious topic that can sometimes become a very dangerous situation if help and intervention is not taken at the appropriate time. In many circumstances, the victims are mentally abused and physically abused, and in some dire cases, like the one for Sonia Khan, I'm sure you ladies must have heard about her case. Yes. Arnold, going through a divorce as a South Asian woman feels like you've failed at life sometimes. The way the community la labels you, the lack of emotional support you receive, and the pressure to stay with someone because what will people say is isolating. It makes it harder for women to leave a marriage that they shouldn't have been in to begin with. These were the words Sanya Khan on her TikTok account. Khan was murdered by her ex-husband. And unfortunately, just two days ago, another incident in Wisconsin, Desiree Harris was shot and killed at her home. She actually worked for a domestic violence center called the ASHA Project in Milwaukee before she herself became a victim of domestic violence. According to the news, Harris worked with many of the survivors, setting them up with different resources to help them get out of a lethal situation. Though she was very knowledgeable about domestic violence victimization and she worked towards helping survivors, she herself became a victim. So the thing to remember here is domestic violence doesn't care who you are. Domestic violence is basically controlling another person by using any means, fear into the victim and making them submissive. Domestic violence or abuse is violence or abuse that occurs in a domestic setting, such as in a marriage or an intimate relationship. Domestic violence can also involve violence against children, parents, or the elderly. It can assume multiple forms, including physical, verbal, emotional, economic, religious, reproductive, or sexual abuse. It can range from subtle, coercive forms to marital rape, or other violent physical abuse, such as choking, beating, female genital mutilation, acid throwing, that may result in the disfigurement or death. And it also can include technology, like harassing people online, bullying, control, monitor, stalking. It can get to the extreme where some people will even go to do honor killings, dowry death, bride burning, etc and it involves many times extended family members. Here are some shocking statistics from just last year. As many as 25,000 wives were burned to death in the Indian subcontinent each year. Globally, 275 million children witness firsthand violence at home. 20 dowry deaths are recorded in India every 24 hours, even though dowry is an illegal practice. According to domestic violence statistics, up to 89% of Pakistani women have been abused one way or another. And American women experience 4.8 million physical assaults and rapes at the hands of their intimate partner every year. And being a woman of Indian ancestry raises the likelihood of domestic abuse victimization by over 100%. 
that's pretty crazy numbers. And um, well, it's good that, you know, Bollywood and Hollywood both have tried to make statements about the wrongs of domestic violence. For example, a Bollywood movie called Tappard and um, Hollywood movie Sleeping with the Enemy both reflected on domestic violence. Tappard shows how a slap at a party by a tipsy husband caused humiliation and shame for the wife. And it just asks the question, is it really just one slap or does it lead to further abuse if it isn't stopped right away? In the Hollywood movie, Sleeping with the Enemy, if you've seen it, the movie shows how abuse can continue to the point where Julia Roberts fakes her own death to escape the abusive husband. Why do we women not support women in many cases? Some people say statements like, it's normal, it's just how men can be, or don't be too dram overly dramatic in cases of psychological abuse. Let's not forget how the children who witness abuse in the home grow up to normalize this behavior and the cycle continues. We have with us Rekha Bajaria was one of the earliest co-founders of Sahara, a Hindi word for support, a nonprofit organization in Southern California that was set up to help the plight of domestic violence victims. Let's hear from her when Sahara was set up and what it does in the community. Welcome Rekha Ben to Chit Chat and Chai. Hi Rekha Ben. Thank you. Hi. Thank you all for inviting me and helping bringing awareness to the cause, which is much needed. And I'm not co-founder, but I joined a little later, about within that year. Started volunteering in attending um, Sahara fundraisers and luncheon in late um, 1990s. Three of the founders were my friends and they approached for a small fundraiser if I would be interested and maybe about 30 of us joined together and went for a luncheon. And I was surprised to find that there was a need for an organization such as Sahara in America. It was shocking. It never occurred to me that senior citizens and usually women face this um, hardship and needed so much support from outside. It was an eye-opener for me. After Ramesh passed in 2000, I had an empty space to fill. I needed a purpose. My businesses were operating well and I was financially stable. And it was an easy decision for me to join the board of Sahara. It was already near and dear to my heart and I was ready with full force to jump in. So Rekha Ben, it's amazing when you have a good vision in mind how things fall into place. So what were the goals when you joined and how is it today? In the beginning, when I joined, Sahara's more focus was helping seniors, providing referral services to, in, to Indian doctors, priests, temples, and so on, who were willing to help and who could also communicate uh, with them in their own native language. So that was important because the English was very poor in seniors that were here, and they needed all this. After O.J. Simpson came, case became so common in 1995. More causes of domestic violence started coming up to Sahara and the focus shifted in that direction. We started seeing, seeing more cases of domestic violence of all sorts, sexual, physical, mental, emotional, financial, and elder abuse too. We see more emotional abuse nowadays as everyone has a smartphone. Abusers are more cautious about their being taped and recorded and physically abusing their spouses, parents, etc. Financial abuse is also huge. 
They are not even access to money, important documents such as passport, hindering immigration status. So, uh, Rekha Ben, when you became president, you were managed to get a considerable donation and help from some very generous South Asian individuals to help set up this shelter. What are some of the specific things you needed to make sure the shelter would be safe and compliant with domestic violence needs? I was lucky that I had a fair friends who could really support the cause who believed in me. So fundraiser was a little easy part for me to raise funds. But in 2003, a friend, a close friend, asked me that why was I spending so much time at Sahara? Why don't I have time with them anymore? And I explained my goal was to get a shelter where our clients would be safe, living in sanitary conditions, and most importantly, where Indian vegetarian food and their home culture was available to them. When you are already going through so much stress, this thing was very much needed. In four short, short months, him and his wife brought us a newly built four-bedroom home, which was which really surprised us, but we were so thankful, and which is now licensed for six adults and three children under age of 10. So this opened my eyes and so that people are generous and who really care for the cause. It was very important that shelter be safe and anonymous. Of course, vocability was very important. They needed to have easy access to bus stops, local markets, medical clinics, and the women, women, the, the women in the shelter needed to be independent as much as possible. This shelter is still, still my pride and joy. And we are still trying to now have one more shelter, which we are working at and hopefully soon because we are always fully booked. So did you get any kind of backlash from the community, the Indian community or South Asian community, I should say, on why Sahara set up? Uh, oh, yes, we had faced that in early years. It was bad. People were walking up and down Pioneer Boulevard saying Sahara was a marriage breaker. Flyers were passed on. Wow. We would be stopped on the Pioneer Boulevard and being lashed at it. We were called as a family, family breaker. Few of our board members were harassed so bad. Men, especially men, did not like our organization and were actively trying to scare us off threatening us, which didn't work, of course, as you can see how successful Sahara is today in helping survivors of domestic violence. So that actually, there are some success stories. I know things are changing now from where they were um, when you first started, but would you be able to share some success stories with us? Uh, yeah, there is one that is close to me. There was one good one that stands out now, I think very, mm -hmm, and was very disturbing. A doctor educated, so education is nothing to do with domestic violence. She was educated, a doctor from a good university. She got married to men in USA who claimed to be an engineer, but he was actually a gardener. When she came here, they stayed in a garage in someone's home. They had rented a garage and that's what that was their home. She had a girl born here. And when the girl turned around three and a half, little after three, she started school. And when she was four, not even yet four, her birthday was two months after she came in. One of the parents realized that she's abused and gave her the referral to Sahara, connected her to Sahara. And we were able to pull her out and um, bring her to the shelter, her and the girl. The mom did the job training, found her a job. I mean, we couldn't put her through the medical school, 
because she, of course, needed a license here. But we put her through the training so she could work in the pharmaceutical, which, and she still is working there, and unable to, which was, which enabled her to move out and settled with her daughter in an apartment, which we helped. And uh, now her daughter is graduated from UCLA too. And she's a spokesperson of Sahara. So it's, uh, I think that's a great story that where the whole life has changed for mom and daughter. So um, Rekaben, during COVID, I mean, how did the shelter manage? And also, did you see an increase in domestic violence cases? Yes, during the pandemic cases definitely increased. We have to follow CDC guideline of single occupancy in the shelter on top of volume increasing so much. But we place, we had to place the clients in the hotels and motels. And now that's lifted, so shelter is fully packed. And so there's a great need for sponsorship too. And then, you know, more success story going back to that was, aside from the one I mentioned, we have so many, most of the survivors are a success story. Recently, one survivor completed BA in math and is remarried with a child. Oh, nice. Another one who graduated from a transnational living shelter has her own small business wow. related to finance. And two of our, of our clients, which will be completing their degrees in nursing shortly. And Sarah has helped 2,822 domestic violence survivors. And our transnational living home has helped 117 women. And this is not counting the children in that shelter. So I think it's, it's a huge use. It is success story because it's not just one person, right? You're changing families' lives. Yes, families. Yes, right. Yeah, yeah. You know, over the years, you've probably seen some very difficult situations, very difficult to for you to even witness. But are there anything that you saw that really struck out? Like, how can someone do this to somebody else? Oh yes, uh, my first experience with the client was so shocking. She had asked me that stay with the client. Normally I did not stay because I'm not a counselor. And I stayed that day with her in the room to take this case with her and to see how, how they are managing, how it's going on. And young girl that had come from India, the daily, the son of a politician. And when her family helped her to divorce her being so abused, when was divorced, him and his friend got together and got acid. And when she was walking down the street, they threw the acid on her whole right side. And when she lifted her hand and showed me, the whole right side was burned. There was no skin. There was no ear. It was just a hole. And it was just, I'd never seen this can happen to anyone or someone can do this kind of thing to her. Now, luckily, she came here. Sarah was able to get Loma Linda to do all her surgeries free. And she had gone through 28 surgeries. Both her kids are in. We were able to get her green card. And uh, she got both her kids here now. They are teenagers now. Her whole year, everything is restructured. Now you can't even see that she was born. That's, that's just the worst case that you can ever see. When we worked with uh, Care for the Cause, Rekaben, we did uh, a fundraiser for acid survivor victims. And it was... Um, relate to us at that time by one of the survivors, the pain of the burns. It is, it's like if someone could be killed and that would be over, 
But in this case, the pain goes on and on and on for many yes. years. It's very sad. Very and you know what? That's just the physical. Imagine the emotional living. I mean, that's a fear you have to maybe live with or deal with every day. All, all your life. All your life, right? Like, it, how do you overcome something like that? That's even worse than the physical part. Oh Imagine goodness. us seeing this. I mean, I had nightmares and I still sometimes, you know, just see that and get so what would she be going through? going through right and the kids too right they've seen their mom yes oh my gosh so then that leads to the question how what can we do as a society community women to help sahara oh. or anybody that you know that needs help oh thank you for asking that be a volunteer that's number one be an ambassador we need gift cards for uber motels grocery clothing stores donate your time Financial is always needed, but I think all this physical help is very important. Speak up if you see signs of domestic violence and encourage them to call Sahara or any organization that can help. There are endless possibilities. I mean, you can also be the mentor, big sister, big brother to one client. You can pick up one client and be their mentor. So we can ask that you help in any way you can. That's a really good point because we forget that sometimes the ladies just need basic information like how to do, I'm thinking Excel worksheets or how to speak or greet someone or just basics in life, right, I think? Yeah, basics in life, like so many of them are so fresh and not exposed to anything. So they need learning of the culture here. They need to learn how to eat with fork and knife, how to talk, how to do things, how to dress appropriate being here. So it's, it's so being some mentor would take the lot of the case managers and people can help them. Somebody they can talk. I think to. it's more satisfying when you help, when you do that, you, it's so satisfying to you. Absolutely. And that's something everybody can do. It doesn't always have to be about money. So Reka Ben, I also wanted to ask you any other programs part of Sahara? Yes, Sahara does a lot for seniors, especially getting all the benefits for them to applying them for citizenship because they have had time learning English. So Sahara takes care of their citizens, all the benefits they can get, medical, Medicare. So they're done. And another part of Sahara is a youth Sahara, which is run by youth, youth helping youth. And um, I think that's a very important because all this awareness is done at an early age. So this will stop the violence. We should definitely do a session on the youth and have them speak about their experiences. Definitely get some awareness on that program. So thank you, Rekabin, for your time and giving us the opportunity to learn about Sahara. We loved listening about your journey. And not only was it a win-win for you, but definitely a win-win for Sahara too, and um, all of us. So thank you for your work that you've done and the work you continue to do. And for the listeners out there, please volunteer, donate. And if you want to find out more about Sahara, visit www.saharacares.org. We would like to state that domestic abuse can also be suffered by the elderly, by children, and also by men. This podcast mostly reflected only on women, but if you know anyone who needs help and needs to contact Sahara, please call 888-724-2722. Your information and call is always confidential. If you have suffered abuse or are in an abusive relationship, please know that this is not your fault. Also, just wanted to add, 
There are many loving and caring husbands out there, and we want to highlight those men who treat their spouses with respect and love. So please connect with us on Facebook, Instagram. Our podcast is now out on all major platforms, Apple, Spotify, Google, and Amazon. We will list all of them on our social media pages. Join us next week for our India's 75th Independence Day special. We have some guests and we have a special podcast planned. So we meet again. Remember, life is not short. Life is unpredictable. So always, always strive to stay happy. And add a little spice to your life. And join us again for a little chit chat and chat.